and welcome to episode 133 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, The Raz, with my co-host, The Buck, bringing you new and interesting stories from Reddit again this week. Uh, it's been a tradition with our Wednesday episodes now that we've been delving into the subcockles of Reddit. We're still trying to come up with a new name to spin it off into its own thing, but until we do, we're going to keep it right here on our Wednesday show. Buck, we got stories from both relationship advice and am I the asshole? You gotta, nice. Yeah, you got to unmute your mic. There you go. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, you know what? I mean, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm courteous. You know, I got I got some uh, some extra, you know, companions with me this morning, and they like to bark a little bit. So I just want to make sure that I'm courteous and keep my mic muted just in case. I see one of you your know. furry companions there in your lap currently. Yep, this is my baby. She's Rupee. Yep, that dog was she's terrified. ferocious. She looks terrified. No, she's not. She's not. She she's just, she can see a squirrel outside the window. I mean, like both my dogs are ready. You know, Funny. they're ready. But are they bloodthirsty? That's the question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I know Rupee's a uh, Rupee's stone cold. My other dog, I don't know. I I I don't. I I think she's just more of the yippy kind of chihuahua. But Rupee, she'll go after a furry little woodland creature. You know, like like a vole. You know, <laughs> something her size. Like she killed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like you know, she can't go tackle a groundhog. You know, groundhog would fuck her up. But, like, a little, like, chipmunk or something like that. You know, I hate that because they're all so cute and furry, you know. But Rupee would Rupee would go to town. You were, like, the worst. So, yeah, you, I, are, I got... you are the worst Disney princess ever. Okay, Buck, we're going gonna, gonna to go to relationship advice. I was a hoe. Not anymore. <laughs> Actually, it says not anymore, but... Uh, me, 30-year-old female, and my significant other, a 30-year-old male, have been dating for over seven years, and we have never had the what's-your-number talk. I brought it up in the beginning. We've talked about previous relationships, but he's always said, I don't need to know, or that's your business, in a non-aggressive way. He believes it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. I've slept with at least 70 different men to the point where I don't even remember how many. No, I do not have an STD. <laughs> In my 16 to 22-year-old stage, I was extremely promiscuous. Promiscuous. I had a shitty self-image and sex addiction. I was never in a fully committed relationship, just safe hookups. I didn't want a boyfriend. I wanted a challenge. I chased the thrill of getting a guy to have sex with me, and I'm not ashamed. I'm proud of myself for overcoming and becoming... I'm sorry, before meeting my boyfriend. I promised to love me first and cherish sex. And then I finally met someone with whom uh, there was more than the high to me. Okay. Uh, his sexual history is much less. <laughs> to sum it up, his now estranged father forced him to lose his virginity at 16 to a prostitute in the Dominican Republic. Uh, very traumatic for him. He had one girlfriend possible sex partner who turned out to be a lesbian before me and at me and has casually mentioned one or two other girls he used to to hit on him so sexual history is clearly rough for him to talk about and i've always been understanding 
our sex life is amazing. Fun fact, he's the only partner that who I've climaxed during penetration. But sometimes I fear that he may want to know more one day and ask for the number, which I would have said on day one had he asked me. Again, I'm not ashamed of myself, but worried it would cause awkwardness. Uh, so much time has passed. Should I even push the topic and open the can of worms or continue his naivete and otherwise great relationship? Leave it alone. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like it, like I, I don't want to... Listen, there's nothing wrong with having a high number. There's nothing wrong with having a low number. It is what it is. You, it's your body. You can do whatever the hell you want with it. Uh, you know, all the myths aside, it doesn't stretch you out. You're not useless. It's not a chewed piece of gum. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, it, it really... Like, the number thing... Let's just, to be completely frank, it sounds a lot like caregiver Katie and I's relationship. She has a lot more history than, than I do. I'm very vanilla when it comes to, you know, sexual partners and stuff like that, you know? And me personally, I like the fact that caregiver Katie has a lot more experience because how do you know if you like vanilla if you've never had butter pecan? You know what I mean? You know, she she... Uh, so, I mean, to me personally, even if you told me the number, I'd be like, eh, big fucking deal. Our time is ours. Don't, don't stray away from this camp. Like now that you're here, you're within the walls of, of, you know, our committed relationship. And, and these are the terms, you know, we're not going to open it up. I, you know, when you're with me, you're with me. That's it. I'm the only rooster in this coop. So, you know, that's it. When, when, you know, the, we you start talking about, uh, the, the Islamic martyrs, you know, if they, uh, martyred themselves for, for their, for the cause, they, they go to the afterlife and get 70 virgins. The fuck are you going to do with 70 virgins? I want some hoes. I want some. <laughs> nobody ever said, and nobody ever said they were all women either. That's, that's true also, but, don't you want at least a couple yeah. of ho hoes in the fucking stable that know what the fuck they're doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you get 70 newbies, you're going to spend the first half of your eternity just in training. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. the first half of your eternity is going to be zero fucking fun, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of time at the office. Good thing you don't need sleep when you're dead. Because you're gonna need you're gonna need all the time that eternity has to get seventy virgins ready to roll. It ain't gonna be fun. There's gonna be a lot of Q and A. There's gonna be a lot of Q and A. Lot of Q and A. Jeez. Like, come on, man. Yeah. So our advice there to weak biscuit. Let it drop, girl. Come on. Uh, we're gonna. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. We're gonna jump over to Am I the asshole? Am I the asshole for seating all the vegans at one table at my wedding reception? <laughs> my wife and I got married a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't a huge wedding, but we had about 75 guests. During the planning, a handful of my wife's family members asked us about dinner options because they are vegan. None of my family members are vegan, but we wanted to make sure that everyone had good food to eat. At that point, we hadn't talked about the caterer yet, but my wife assured me that we would offer a vegan option for them. We found a caterer that offered delicious vegan food. We tasted it. Very good. 
when we were planning the seating chart, my wife mentioned that one of her cousins said that she can't be seated at a table where meat is served. La di da. I asked a few questions about it to my wife and got frustrated. She got frustrated with me, so I dropped it. But accommodating this was difficult, and eventually I got frustrated too and told my wife that if her cousin is going to be so militaristically vegan about this, then we're just going to seat all the vegans at one table, even if it meant splitting up families and friends. Uh, after even more discussion and my, uh, and my wife talking to her cousin again, my wife eventually relented to my idea of having a vegan table. Uh, we put part of the planning behind us and moved on. I literally didn't even think about it again until we started setting things up at the reception. My wife's mom noticed that some of the families weren't sitting at the same table and asked about it. I told her that we had to sit all the vegans at one table because of my wife's cousin. My mother-in-law got mad about this and said it's rude to have family members sitting at different tables and to have one table basically segregated for vegans uh, from the rest of the guests. I told her that unless my wife's cousin wants to sit at a table all by herself, this is the solution we came up with and we aren't going to change it now. Mother-in-law dropped it, but I could still tell she still wasn't happy. The ceremony went off perfectly, but when it came to the reception, there were some grumblings about the vegan table from my wife's family. While we were going around talking to people, a few of the vegans made comments about how they didn't appreciate being singled out and separated from everyone else. I tried to be polite about it, but the fact that they thought they were bringing this sort of thing up at my wedding day was appropriate really started to rub me the wrong way. When my wife's cousin, the one who refused to sit at a table with meat, said something about it, I told her that we did it because of her, and the next time someone asks me about it, I'm going to tell them to talk to her about why we had to segregate the vegan table. She told me I was being discriminatory against vegans, and I just turned and walked away. I wasn't going to put up with this BS anymore, and I had already more than I already had. It apparently still was a thing with my wife's family, and she feels I should be more willing to find a different solution. What's the different solution? Oh, I got, I'll tell you what the solution is. Tell your cousin they're not welcome at the wedding. I mean, in all seriousness, if all the other vegans don't, you know, as long as they have a vegan option, they can sit next anybody, sit wherever they want. I don't give a shit. But you know, I, I, you, you need to accommodate me. Because I'm not going to eat meat. I can't be at a table where there's meat. Well, that means all the vegans have to be together, bitch. I mean, <laughs> no, it doesn't. There's another solution. Fine. You can eat somewhere off to the side at a table all by yourself and go somewhere where there is no meat present. But until then, this is my wedding. If, you, if, you, if you're that militant about not eating meat, we can set you up a nice table in the parking lot. Like, I won't make you sit out there on the ground. I'll, I'll get you a table. I'll make it look real nice. I'll put your own little centerpiece on it. But it's going to be just you out there. Fine. That's it. So, I mean... So, here's your, here's your solutions. One, you have a vegan table. Two, you set your cousin off by her lonesome. Three, you tell your cousin, well, I'm sorry, we can't accommodate you. You're not invited to the reception. We'll enjoy having you at the wet, but you can't come to the reception. Um, have an entirely, excuse me, I got the hiccups. Um, have an entirely vegan reception, which no thank you. Um, I, I don't know what the cousin wanted here. I mean, in all seriousness, uh, this, despite the fact that most vegans <laughs> are fucking annoyingly militaristic about it, 
you're not a you're not a protected class, okay? You f- they yeah, they and- found they found a workable solution. Uh you're not the asshole. I I don't I don't think so either, especially at your own yeah, it, take the wedding out of it, but yeah, you're not the asshole. I I can't stand it when people get upset at somebody else's wedding. Listen, I, I don't I, I think the whole concept of the wedding, you know, we're gonna spend a fucking year's salary on this damn thing is stupid. But uh, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But it's your party, not theirs. I'm right. Seriously. Ultimately, that's what it boils down to. Like, whose fucking party is this? And, and, and here's the other thing I can, too. I can I mean, sit everybody where you can sit anybody wherever the fuck you make the seating charts. If people don't like it, they should. They can. They can go. You can go. And you know, a lot of people are. They don't like. You know, this is what, when you go to a wedding, they say, "Oh, you're going to sit here." Well, you're sitting with people. A lot of times, you don't know them. So it, it's kind of awkward to begin with. At least by having the vegan table. At least they had some kind of commonality. They had something to, you know, have in common and speak about. You know, at least there was that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so not the asshole. We're going to go back to relationship advice. I, 37, pregnant, and caught my boyfriend, 37, sexting with other women. I am almost three months pregnant. My boyfriend of almost two years and father of the child is sexting other women. Long story short, I discovered it uh, for the first time in October of 2021. Well, you went ahead and got pregnant anyway. (laughs) Said he has been uh, seething women. I guess you meant to say sexting. Uh, He met online, but never met, never would. And it only happened when he was drunk. This is my own investigation could confirm to be true. Uh, he was full of remorse, deleted all the numbers, and promised to come clean that it would never happen again. And we worked through it together. During the past months, on several occasions, I began to get nasty feelings that it was happening again. I confronted him. He denied, denied, denied. However, last week, I was watching Netflix on his laptop when he was partying with friends. When messages from women started showing up on his WhatsApp, which apparently was open on his laptop. Then I went through everything. I can see on several occasions he has been sexting women Always uh, many different in one night. Uh, sorry, the typos are un- were numerous in this one. And there was this one woman who he had a previous sexual relationship with before we got together. Also, it turned out uh, he has sex videos of his ex-partner, which he shares with them. Wow, this sexting has occurred at parties when I was present. Uh, I confronted him. Again, Fuller Morris says he does not need... Uh, that he that it does not out of need for validation and attention. He is willing to go with ther- therapy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, any thoughts on experiences on this matter? Can he change? I am only considering a, this a third chance because I am carrying the child and because uh, we, besides this, have had a loving and caring relationship. I am scared of, break, of him breaking my heart over and over again and feel the urge to just move on. Uh, it will be hard, but soon I will be good again. Sorry, that English is atrocious. Uh, what do you think? She should just go. I got a lot of I got a lot happening behind me right now. Yeah. Just to let you know, but I think she should just pack up and yeah. call her losses. I, I hear some yip in there. So here here's this is a hard one. This actually is really hard. Um, 
there is a, you know, this concept that it, it, it stems from religious morality that that we are you know designed to be monogamous and quite frankly it, it, just from a biological perspective we're typically not uh it's something that's become a social norm and you know for most people that they, they, they've been raised to a point where they believe that you know uh monogamy is what you're supposed to do and they it, it becomes part of the, your culture and that's fine the idea that you know, you have these people that are, are saying that, oh, you can never look at another woman or you can never look at another man or you can never look at another donkey. I don't care. Um, the, the problem with that is it's it, it's human nature. It's animal nature. It's you're going to look. It's You can window shop all day long. You don't have to buy. And if the shark's going to shark. A shark's going to shark. I still need to make that T-shirt. Um but you know we we have a concept. if 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 it had just been he is talking and there is no like hey where do you live you know could we hook up you know and and when you're saying sexting he's using WhatsApp so it's not even as though they exchanged phone numbers uh, they're using an anonymous chatting app which is again fine not really fine but you know um, it, it's kind of innocuous but once you factor in the he does have an X on there and he's sharing videos that of their sexual exploits. Yeah. That's, that's a different, that's a different animal entirely. The fact that yeah. I, I, I would suspect very, you know, this, this now I'm going to put on my private investigator hat, which I did for 11 years. Um, it, we, we called it fidelity assurance when we took those types of cases, which I hated taking. Um, and I only did it very rarely. If when I would tell people though is if you feel someone's cheating, they probably are. And and, and this just screams to me like oh oh shoot there's my phone. Uh, this just screams to me that yeah this would be a case I would take because I'd follow this guy for probably two days and probably catch it. Um, if it wasn't for the X and and the videos being on there, I would say you know go to a therapist, go to a family therapist, work it out. But at this point, you know, uh, you've already bonded yourself to this person for the rest of your life. So you're kind of screwed on that end, but is it worth, you know, maintaining the relationship and always knowing every time that you're, that he's not around, that he's out fucking somebody. I'd say cut it off. That's I, I right, right off the gate, man. Like, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, you kind of have an accord, you know, an agreement of things that are okay versus not okay. And whether you speak them or not, you and, know, and, and, here, and with, with that, it does not matter what the social norm is. It does not matter what, right. what, what normative behavior says you're supposed to do. As long as you both agree to it, that's all there is exactly. to it. Exactly. And if this is something that is coming up in the relationship that you do not agree to, then I would start with the discussion and see how that goes. But if it's going to be really hard to deviate from behavior in, in a relationship where you're already having this much distrust, I, I would suggest counseling first. And then like Raz said, you know, Raz said that too, actually, I'm, I'm just going to agree with Raz the whole way around. Like I would seek counseling as a first step. And then 
if you can't work it out through that, uh, see, that's not you know. If it if it had just been randos, I would say counseling. But the fact that it's an X and you're sharing videos of you and the X, sorry. Now, see, that's we're where done. I was, was going to lead into that too. Yeah, like, we're we're done here. You know, for for simple for simple like suspicion issues and stuff like that, like counseling and then whatever. But if we're if we're if we're just doing some real skeevy shit and sharing videos and stuff like that, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. And it, we're done. And here. if you're posting, if, if you're posting you know, trying to get relationship advice. I'm, I'm assuming that this is something you're not okay with. So yeah, you're done. All right, Buck, we're going to flip flop back over to, am I the asshole? Am I the asshole for asking a couple to control their children? I was on a three hour midnight flight. All right. Nope. You're not the asshole. Leave it. <laughs> uh, and the couple behind me had two children with them. One looked to be about one to two years old, sitting on her mother's lap. The other child was a boy, five or six, I'm guessing. Before the flight began, the boy started kicking my seat repeatedly for absolutely no reason. I turned around and politely told his parents to please have him stop. They seemed to do so, but that only made the, uh, him kick harder in protest. After that, they just gave up. He continued kicking the chair at least once every minute. I was losing my mind. I turned back, glared at his parents, but that didn't work. 30 minutes into the flight, when the kicking wouldn't stop and he seemed to tire out, I moved to an empty seat next to mine, in front of the mother and the little girl in her lap. The little girl began banging and kicking the chair even harder. At that point, I turned to the parents and asked them to please control their children. The father seemed apologetic, but the mother asked me, I can't control them, they won't sleep, what else do you want me to do? After that, the couple bickered, the husband telling his wife that she had to do something since she was next to the children. Uh, it went on for a couple of minutes before they took some sort of action and the kicking stopped. My father, who was with me on the flight, told me later that I wasn't that nice to say something about it and I was really embarrassing the parents for something they couldn't control. He said that the children that young are almost impossible to manage. I told him that I'd get it if it was only the toddler, but the five or six-year-old seemed to be a bit, more, uh, a bit too old to not be disciplined in some way, and whatever they did after I talked to them a second time seemed to work. So that's proof that it was possible to do something. He just shook his head and said, I didn't understand what it was like to have children of my own. Uh, now that I'm out of the situation and uh, in the comfort of my own bed, I can't help but think that maybe I was asking for the impossible and making a big deal out of something that was out of their control. I'm not a parent, but I'm always uh, quick to be irrational about things uh, without trying to understand first. It seems to be obvious to me at first, but I, the more I think about it, the guiltier I feel. Am I the asshole? And there's two edits here. My father did offer to switch seats with me during the flight itself, but I refused because he's 63, two, 63 years old with two herniated discs. I asked him later if my siblings were like this uh, on flights as children, and he said no, but it's possible the children have ADHD or the young parents were newer to this. Uh, so they may not had more more difficult circumstances. And a second edit, the flight was completely booked with absolutely no empty seats except for the one between me and my father because the person missed a flight. It's the holiday season in my country, and it's extremely difficult to book a flight at your chosen time. Everyone on the flight was exhausted, and there were no empty seats, so I didn't want to make a scene by talking to the crew when I knew there really wasn't anything they could do, and the flight wasn't long enough to justify all the troubles I'd be putting them through. Am I the asshole? I don't, I don't really think so. I, I really don't. And it's because of the fact that he didn't like, 
turn around and threaten mom and dad. He made a request. Can you please control your kids? Or can you, you know, what, however he framed it, whether it was a please or not. I think it's a woman, Kids actually. are kicking the back of his seat. Yeah, I think it's a woman, but yeah. I, I could be wrong. Kids are kicking the back of her seat. You know, I, I don't think she's being a complete asshole. You know, I, I think she's letting it get to her a little bit too much, but, you well, know. I mean, seriously, at which, the end of the are, day, are you supposed to just let the kids keep kicking your seat the entire time? That's, to, uh, no. That's <laughs> it, man. No. You got to turn around. You got to ask. You know, well, and here's, as long and, as mom and dad try. And here's the thing. As a parent, why would you let it continue? I understand it's a midnight flight. You're exhausted. You're probably tired of dealing with the kids. We've all been there. If you have kids, we don't say that you haven't. But dear Lord, I mean, it, I'm like, we have like the, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. Like the kids, you know, what's, what's the, what's our one rule kids. And my youngest, especially will be the first to quote it. Don't embarrass the family. <laughs> and that's kind of what it is. Dude. That's that is exact man. My brother, I got six, I got five brothers and three sisters. There's a total of nine living children in my family, and we were heathens, heathens at home. I mean, like my brothers would rappel off the roof, anchored onto the chimney, of a four-story house that we lived in. I mean, like we were we were rowdy, we were rowdy. But I'll tell you what, we never did, is we never never misbehaved in public we never misbehaved in public the one thing that my mom and dad were always proud of is because we would go out as a troop people would be like oh my god your kids get along so well my mom and dad are like oh yeah you know come back to the house People are pulling each other's fucking hair. You've got fists going into play. I remember I like jump aired my brother in the face with my knee when we were like five or six. And I ended up knocking out like two of his teeth. Like we were bouncing off the walls rowdy. Soccer balls through the windows. Didn't fucking matter. But my parents always maintained a tight leash on us in public. There, there's, so, a, there's a great comment on here from Blueville. Uh, not the asshole. Everyone here was doing their best. But PSA, ask the parents to remove the kid's shoes. Kicking the seat is less fun when it hurts. <laughs> That's a very good idea. <laughs> and the reply was, the mom was not doing her best. She wasn't even trying. <laughs> very true as well. Yeah, you know... And like that's the thing, you gotta turn around and you gotta ask when you can. You're that close in proximity to each other, you know when there's efforts being made. Like, would you have even turned around and asked if you had noticed that mom was doing her best to control these fucking kids, and they were just that, that like, out of control? There's really nothing that could be done. Like, would you have even turned around? Of course, yeah. you wouldn't have. You would. You seem like you're smart enough to know when 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 a fight's worth fighting. Like you knew it was worth asking. Right. Mom and dad obviously you're just it's a midnight flight, like like Raz said. They don't want to deal with it, blah blah. And, you know, they're letting their kids get away with it until somebody says something. That's their MO. They're like, Ah, oh, well, I'm just gonna let this go until somebody pipes up. Well now somebody piped up and you gotta do something about it. Drop your fucking attitude and control your kids. All right, like that's that's not, you know. We're gonna jump back to relationship advice, Buck. I fucked my fiance's friend. 
Okay, disclaimer, we hooked up before my fiancé and I were together. I did meet my fiancé through sexual reasons. We were friends with benefits, and I was ready for a relationship with him from the start, but he treated me like I was nothing but a fuck buddy, where I was thinking of him as way more. He, fiancé, met up with his ex-girlfriend, and then he ghosted me before he fell through, uh, before that fell through, and we eventually got together. This sounds like a fucking train wreck. Around then, his friend uh, was all about me. I guess he was anyway. Uh, he always tried to hang out with me, take me on dates. I said no, because I was still in love with my now fiance. I was drunk on my birthday, and he said he, uh, he could come over, and he did, and we hooked up. I didn't talk to him much because uh, I felt bad for having sex with him when I didn't even have any feelings for him, when he obviously did. Uh, now him and my fiance have come back into contact after years and my fiance invited him to stay with us because he had no place else to live, which I'm totally fine with and want to help. My question is, do I tell my fiance we slept together or just act like it never happened? Oh my God. Okay. Full disclosure. Yeah. Because if you don't say something, if you don't say something, the friend might. And, and, he and, 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 and here's my guess too. Um, the friend's gonna want it again. <laughs> so, so here's here's the whole thing. Are were you wrong for fucking the friend? No, no. Uh, you were just a fuck buddy back then, and he was actually in a relationship with somebody else at the time. So, fuck that. You can fuck whoever you want. Exactly. Um, but I think as soon as he approached you and said, "Hey, my buddy needs a place to stay," I think that's when I would have said, "Listen, it's cool. I'm good with it." But you need to know this first. Yeah. But before we just go headlong into this agreement, there is material information that you should be privy to before making a final decision on this matter. Go. And and that's like you should absolutely disclose this. You do not want this to come out after he moves in. I know how I would feel about it. I know exactly how I would feel about it. And I wouldn't have a friend or a girlfriend for very long. I would be—I would feel very, very offended that nobody let me know. Yeah. You know, I'm not—I'm not saying that it would be a deal breaker. I'm not saying that I wouldn't let the friend move in. You know, if I have all the information and can compile all the information and and really just digest it all, I, you know, I—I—I I, I could see myself still being like, oh, okay, I'll green light it. You know, there's obviously nothing to hide here. Whatever you did before we got together is none of my business. But after after the fact, you just helicopter that fact in after the guy's got his his rent paid and or, well, whatever you know, whatever the agreement is, got all his shit moved in, got all the pictures on his walls, and then you're just gonna helicopter that fact in. That's that's pretty messed up. You definitely need to tell him before before this show gets on the road. Oh, the show's already on the road, from what I'm reading. So I think she's already fucked. But I say that, but then I look at the first comment. Uh, this is first comment from Macy29CH. Just tell him. There's no point in hiding it. If he hears about it after dude is living with you, there could be a lot of problems. OP responded, just told him everything's good. Somebody else responded, how did he act, though? Fine. He already knew we weren't together at the time, and life happens, basically. So that apparently it all worked out. Um, hey, you know, good, good though, good though. Yeah, pretty, 
yeah, pretty strange situation. I'm not sure how I'd feel about it. Um, but you know, we're just fuck buddies at the time. I'm not sure I'd uh, I'd really want dude in the house, just because of the fact that you know, uh, he 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 knows how good how good of friends are you. That 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 that'd be my first determination. Like, how good of friends were we? Like, are we? Are you just like coming back into my life and see my situation, and now I'm a convenient place to go, and you need to ask somebody? Yeah, I'd probably not be okay with it. But if it was like, you know, a long time friend, I'd 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 be more apt to uh, to greenlight it. Well, I I can assure you that if I ever need a place to stay, I have not fucked your girlfriend. <laughs> I absolutely am one thousand percent sure of that. Wait a minute, and you are welcome. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, we're moving on here. We're gonna stick with relationship advice. My nice neighbor doesn't respect boundaries. Then they're probably not a nice neighbor. I thought some boundaries were common sense. I guess not. My 30-year-old female neighbor, uh, okay, no, she's 30-year-old female, neighbor's 44-year-old female, so they're both women, is around too much for my comfort. I live in an apartment building, and at this point, I'm literally sneaking out of my apartment so she doesn't stop me and chat up a storm. She doesn't know when to stop, and I find exiting the conversation impossible because she just doesn't listen. Whenever I try to say that, hey, I'm busy or whatever, she tends to say, let me finish, I'm almost done. She has followed me around, chatting on multiple occasions. Last week, I timed one of her uh, little side chats, and it was 58 minutes. She talked about people I don't know and her job for 58 minutes. I said two things during this time. On top of chatting me up in person, she calls and texts daily. If I don't answer she's when she's at my door, she just barges into my apartment without knocking several times. I recently started making sure my door is locked at all times. She exposed herself to me once after I told her to please knock in case I'm naked. She pulls her pants and underwear down and said, Look, I've, you've seen me naked, so it's no big deal. She has texted me nudes showing me what her body looked like 10 years ago or whatever. I feel so irritated that having her around ever since she purposely exposed me to COVID. She barged into my apartment without even texting or calling to rant about her job that I don't give a fuck about. I asked her to leave, and she didn't until her whole rant was done. I feel that her mind, in her mind that she thinks she's really interesting. She seems to be suffering from some kind of grandiose delusion and lacks self-awareness, which I feel, I feel mean even typing. I've lived in this building for three years, and I've seen her have company like ten times total. She works from home and only seems to socialize with people in the building, so I feel a bit bad for her, but she is making me want to move. I feel I have no privacy here. I know I'm only putting the bad parts, but she is a nice person. She has helped me out without me even having to ask her several times, and I think that matters. How do I politely but and sternly set boundaries? I don't think you can. Politely and sternly? I don't no, think, politely and sternly. I don't think you can at this point. I think you've let this go for three years. Um, and even after she like whipped out her hootie hoo, you didn't do anything. Um, if she's working from home, she's in an apartment building. She doesn't leave. She doesn't have any. She needs. She she's she's 
thirsty for for social interaction and you're the best thing she's got and since you're willing to sit there and listen to her so much you you've you've already set the expectation you can't pull it back three years sorry you can't pull it back um you're you're i think you can i disagree i i think if you try you're gonna end up feuding with this neighbor and you're in an apartment there's nowhere to go do you want that in your life yes you're sick it'd be an interesting change no i'm not she might not talk to her anymore like this woman doesn't sound like the, you know, boil a rabbit on your stovetop type of fucking crazy. She sounds like she's lonely. And I'll tell you what, you know, I'm I'm also lonely. And lacking self-awareness is one of the first things that you know really pops up when you spend that much time alone. I really believe that if you try to be polite and stern about your boundaries, it, you know, maybe not give her a come to Jesus talk yet. I'd say come to Paul, you know, maybe like come to Paul talk, you know, like a prelude to the apocalypse if shit doesn't change, you know. And I, I think that if you gingerly kind of just approach it politely but sternly, I, I think you might have some success there, you know, or on the other hand, it all just blows up in your face and you end up feuding with the neighbor. And instead of ranting for 58 minutes, she might just curse you out for 15 and you're netting 45 minutes of time saved. And you know what, you know, one way or another, you're in the black. So let's go. Uh, win, win, win. <laughs> you either, you either, you either succeed in setting your boundaries or you burn a fucking bridge and save yourself some time either way. You know, well, there's some sage like wisdom, folks. <laughs> we're we're going I mean, he's gonna argue with Matt. You can't round up. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't round up the truth. I mean, you know, you've got you've got a cha- like. So what? She no longer barges into your apartment because now she's all barter because you don't want her there. Great. She's never gonna see you naked. Cool. You know, I think instead she, I think of she might, stopping I, you, I think she might want to though. Just saying. Yeah. You know what, though? I mean, that that is what it is. If, you, if you're polite and stern, she takes it the wrong way. I, I can promise you, based on the personality, the way you describe this woman, if she, like, starts feuding with you, you are going to drastically reduce your headache time. So, you know, one way or another, you know, whether you can or can't go back, that yet remains to be seen. But... I, I still think that approaching this and taking the bull by the horns is going to save you time, whether it turns out good or bad. I really do. I'd gamble on it. Yeah, but you thrive on confrontation. Uh... No, I don't. God. Oh, my God. I'm the biggest pushover ever. All right, folks, that being said, that brings us to an end of another episode of the Social Liability Podcast. If you like what you hear, make sure you like, subscribe, tell a friend, do or, or do all that stuff. There's no charge for the podcast. We just ask that you pay attention. Uh, for Buck, I'm the Raz, wishing you all a happy and safe week, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Social Liability Podcast. Mm-hmm.